You're listening to Kiss My Aesthetic, your go-to podcast for bragworthy branding, marketing, and entrepreneurship advice. I'm your host, Michelle Winterstein of MKW Creative Co. Let's dive into the episode. Greetings, and welcome back to the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Berta and I are giggling because we're trying a brand new tool for the very first time, and we're going to tell you all about it. But the interface is different, and usually I get a three, two, one countdown so I can like prep myself, and it just hit record and started going. So welcome, Berta. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. This is so much fun. This is so typical of our working relationship where I fly by the seat of my pants and you are like, you are not going to prepare anything. And I'm like, yeah, no, we're just going to go for it. But we made it to episode 150. Did you ever think this day was going to come? Uh, not really. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Because you know how we started a podcast, so it was just like a thing coming from like nowhere. And then you were like, I don't like it. I don't like it. I want to stop. Let's go for season two. And then season two was never coming. And then we started season two. And then you were like overwhelmed again. And then I don't know. So yeah, it's 150. It's impressive. Two and a half, no, three and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. 2020. Let's tell the story from the beginning, because I think that maybe people haven't heard the old episodes with you and I together. If you don't know Berta, she's a podcast manager, podcast producer. She produces this very show that you're listening to. But let's go back to the beginning and about how we met and how we started working together. Ooh, So Michelle and I actually met in Cape Town, South Africa, six years ago. Oh, my gosh. 2018. Crazy. Crazy, crazy. So we were traveling as digital nomads. I had another job. I was not doing what I'm doing at the moment. You were basically not starting your business, but it was more like in the early years. <laughs> and we spent there six weeks as travel mates, colleagues, yeah. <laughs> nomading a bit. And two years later, I opened my business as a VA. I just posted on Facebook like, hey, <laughs> Here I am. (laughs) And you reached out and I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. Because you wanted to hire someone that you knew so you could trust. And for me, of course, it was a lot easier because, you know, start working with someone you know. I was like new at everything. So (laughs) that made my life a bit easier as well. And yeah, moving forward, you were doing Instagram lives at the moment. And I was like, Michelle, why don't you create a podcast? You have like content, you're recording because you were doing like weekly interviews. Mm-hmm. Every single week you were going live on Instagram and you were like, nah. <laughs> yeah. No, this is the craziest thing is, you know what it was, is I had went and had lunch with a different Wi-Fi tribe, which is the travel group that we traveled with. He was in San Diego and I went to go get lunch with him and he really wanted to start a business, but he didn't know what to start. And he had really kind of like diverse niche interests. And I said, well, why don't you just like create a show where you can interview people? Because then you could start to get answers and you could start to figure out like you could follow your passion by just talking to people that are in that arena. Because as a business owner, like it's always so annoying and it's so sweet and it's really a compliment, but it's so annoying to get an email from someone saying, can I take you to coffee and pick your brain? Right. Because you're like, this doesn't help me at all. Like, I know it would help you a lot. I'm not running a nonprofit. So it's like, I can't do that. So Instead, if you can go and talk to the person and be like, hey, I have a show, 
I'll give you content. I'll get you social reach. I'll get you referrals. Then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay. Like I'm all ears. So yeah, we started the Instagram live show and it was really just, I walked away from that lunch recommending that to the guy. And I was like, why am I not doing this? I should be talking to people that I want to learn from in a way that benefits them. So the Instagram live show came from me wanting to talk to other designers and ask them like, how did you get this project? What tools do you love to use? And I was using it as an education tool. And that's when you came to me like, this has to be a podcast. And I was like, okay. (laughs) But I remember you having a chat with somebody and then telling the story. And she was like, no, I think she told you directly, you should start a podcast. And then it was like the second person. I don't know who she was. And I was like, okay. (laughs) You're like, hello. And at this point, had you produced a podcast before? No. No, never. Mm -mm. No. You're like, this is interesting to me now. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't need to know at that time. (laughs) I think I just learned that right now. Yeah. So I was your first podcast ever? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow, this is so special. Yeah. Okay. So then you're like, I'm going to go learn how to produce podcasts. What were your next steps? So when I turned a VA, actually, I took a course and I learned like, I think we had like 13 or 14 models of different things, like social media, repurposing, video, Pinterest, PR, podcast, video editing. So then I took like the three things that I liked the most and I built my VA business out of that. And that was video editing, podcast on Pinterest. The thing is, podcasting wasn't like so big at that moment. And it was a lot easier to get like Pinterest clients, or at least it was for me at that time. So then I was a bit divided because I wanted to niche down in those two areas, but they were so different. And podcasting for me was just like coming a lot easier than Pinterest. So I started like taking extra courses for Pinterest and learning here and there. And with podcasting, it was just like coming, I don't know. Naturally. More naturally, yeah. So at some point, I had like many Pinterest clients and like doing other tasks as a VA, it wasn't just like Pinterest and podcasting. But then I was like, I want to do more of this. So then I was working with Amber at that time and doing certain podcasting tasks for her, for her clients. And so I started doing like my first editing client was helping Amber with one of her clients. And then I was like, I want to do more of this. This is what I'm liking more. So then I told you that because you were doing like interviews already. (laughs) Yeah. And you'd asked me, you used to DM me afterwards and you're like, how are people going to watch this afterwards? I was like, I don't know. You got to watch it live. And if you missed it, you missed it. And you're like, that's not a good use of your time. And I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I was like, you're so right. Like this should live longer than just And at the time, Instagram Live, you could not save the live when it was over. Now you can save them. But at the time, you couldn't even download them and save them. So I was just doing it for just like the fun of it. And then to kind of create structure around it, I think really helped. And the other thing I remember is we launched the podcast before the pandemic. No, it was 2019, I thought. I think it was July 2019. You're right. No, 2020. Or July 2020. Maybe COVID lockdown happened. You're right. COVID lockdown happened March. And this is right when you were telling me this should be a podcast, this should be a podcast. And I was like, you know what? Now that I have the time to think about it, let's do it. Because we launched July 1. Yeah, we pushed the launch because of Black Lives Matter. Yes, that's right. Because we were going to launch in June and then we were like, okay, no, we can't do that. Like this isn't appropriate. Yeah. This isn't a good time. Yeah. But yeah, because I remember I launched my business. It was like January 2020. I was like, wait, what? How many years have I been in business? And I was 2020, then we launched, yeah, I think finally was July. Yes. 
I don't remember exactly the date or maybe end of June. Yeah. End of June, beginning July. And we launched with the first few episodes that I came out with, which still get a lot of downloads, which is like why I'm starting a podcast and what is a brand designer as like the first two episodes, which is so funny because I went back and listened to one of the early episodes earlier and my voice sounds so different. Like listening to your younger self. I'm so used to hearing my own voice now because I podcast all the time on Instagram, TikTok, whatever. But I go back and listen to those episodes and I'm like talking so like soft and slow and quiet and like not knowing what I'm doing. (laughs) You can just hear it in my voice. It's the funniest thing. It's so funny. So that was like the beginning. Luckily, I know a great singer, songwriter, musician who came up with our theme song. We had the name right away from the Facebook group. And then, yeah, we started doing guest interviews. Can you think to some back of those earlier episodes? Like, do you have standout episodes that you're like, okay, we're on to something or interviews where you're like, okay, this is making sense. Like, I like where this is going. I think it was when you started thinking more of this is a podcast interview because at first you were going live on Instagram and then you were switching to podcasting. So the conversation at some point wasn't, I don't know how to explain it, but you were getting like half on Instagram, half in the podcast. So then people in the podcast didn't listen to the first part. It was maybe not great as an interview for that person. So I think as soon as you changed your mind and you were like, okay, I'm just going to record like an interview in the same place on the podcast. And that was, I think, the switching point where conversations really started to, you know, flow. Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the better questions that I started asking once we, I forgot that we even did that, first of all. And then now I'm like, oh, yeah. Once I started doing the interview purely for podcasts, I started asking people the question that I ask in my brand design process, which is who you are, what you do, and who you help. So I want to give you that question because I think obviously people have gotten context now. We've already been recording for 10 minutes, but tell us who you are, what you do, and who you help. And if you can throw in like the services that you actually offer, because your business has grown dramatically since day one. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel sometimes that you are growing until you look back. (laughs) I was like, oh my gosh, I was doing Pinterest. I don't even know how to use Pinterest anymore. (laughs) I ended up hating it, actually. It's like a love hate story. But when you're meeting someone for the first time, how do you describe what you offer? What I offer, so I, how I describe myself is that I help business owners, entrepreneurs of like small companies launch a podcast that they are going to use to leverage their business. This is not what I say. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you leave this in. (laughs) I don't do this. (laughs) Okay. I know. I've said this like many times. I guess I'm more used to say this now in Spanish. So I'm like just trying to translate in my mind. And I'm like, well, say it in Spanish. I don't care. (laughs) No, but for the listeners. (laughs) Okay. So basically, I have a podcast production company and I help you launch a podcast. I produce your podcast so you can use it as a marketing tool. So you can earn more money, more clients and use your content as evergreen. This is not what I usually do, but I think this works out a lot better. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that covers it for the most part. I think the way that I've been describing it is you can have a podcast for a million different reasons. A podcast isn't necessarily like what I try to tell people is that a podcast is a modality, just like your website is a modality, email is a modality, social media is a modality. It's a way to get your message and share what you know out to people who want to work with you. 
or be entertained by you or connect with you or any of those things. So I think when you kind of break it down to its essence, it's just another way to spread a message more than anything. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I mean, I didn't give this content to you because at the time, I mean, you know now. Yeah, of course. (laughs) But you know now because of the work we do together that I have several videos, kind of like a mini course, as you call it. And the first model of that is like, what's your main goal? Because I think, and that's maybe what's what's missing for you. It's like when you know your main goal, of course, you can say like, okay, I want to earn money from the podcast. But if your main goal is to have conversations, is to learn from people, is to like just help others, then if you don't monetize straight away, you are not like, oh my God, this is not worth it. Because you know your main goal is not like earning money. It's like when you start a blog or like a YouTube channel, you know you're not going to be making money right away. But I don't know why with podcasting, People are like so worried to monetize straight away. And it's a marketing tool for your business. So you have to like see the whole picture. And from this, then you get the clips for snippets for Instagram, for TikTok, for other things. Then you repurpose things on Pinterest. So it's like the whole strategy ecosystem behind it. And it's not just, okay, how do I monetize the podcast? So if your main goal is monetizing the podcast that you want to live out of the podcast, maybe then you need to change strategy if you're not earning money in six months. But you don't live out of the podcast. You have like your branding, marketing agency, but some people live out of the podcast. So then the strategies behind it would be completely different. But you need to ask yourself really deep that question. Of course, everyone wants to earn money. That's another goal as well. But if it's your main goal, maybe we have to come in a different approach and do different things. I mean, you can think about it like a magazine, right? Like if you're saying, I want to start a podcast because I want to make money from the content that I produce, then you have to approach it from like an editorial standpoint where you're creating the type of content for a specific audience, just like building a brand. And then you sell ad space to the companies that want to get the attention of the people that listen, right? But that takes a lot of time, a lot of effort and a lot of content to be able to generate that, or you have to have an existing listenership. And I think that's what we see with my clients is I have clients that have huge social media following and killer brands. And now they're looking for how do I give my audience more because they're asking me for more, or they want to come back and listen to it. And they can't find the Instagram story or the highlight or the reel that I talked about the thing. And I need a better way to just share what I know with my audience. And so that's how you and I ended up teaming up for our offering, which is our producer season one, which we talked about on episode 100 of the podcast, because I have a clip of this. Yeah. We must have. 50 episodes ago? Must have been. Yeah, because we had the idea. I remember I was in Val and that was like two years ago. And then we didn't have like any clients from that, but we didn't really promote it or anything. It was just like, oh, we have this idea. And then almost a year later, it's when everything started like getting together. Yeah, because then we signed up with like the first client in January and then April, March and April or April, May, whatever. Right. So at the time of us recording now, we currently have two podcast clients under our stewardship, our management, where Berta obviously produces the actual episodes, edits them, cuts them together, syndicates them, and then Myself and the rest of my team, we do all of the branding, graphics, social, video edits. And it's like this beautiful partnership because Berta's work looks really good. Merch, Berta's stuff looks great. My stuff looks great. It sounds great. And we're helping our clients kind of 
launch and absolutely like catapult to the next level. And I'd say so far, it's a huge success with the two that we have. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. The stats are insane. Let's talk about each of these clients. I worked with them longer than you have. So I would love to hear kind of what you got excited about when I brought the project to you. Let's start with Whiskey and Lace. I had already followed her content. She had come to me and asked me for merch. And then we started talking and she's like, yeah, and maybe someday I'll launch a podcast. And I was like, well, I have something for you. And then I was like, Berta, go check out this one, Whiskey and Lace. How do you describe the whole Whiskey and Lace brand? You know what? I think she's the only influencer really that I follow and that I'm really enjoying. Really? Yeah. Like influencer, like in that sense. Okay, good. Yeah. And I mean, I might not be able to buy any of her things or like to do any of, (laughs) to go any of the places (laughs) that she recommends because I don't live there. But I enjoy the content. And I think what I really love about her is like her honesty. And it's she's just like so real and down to earth. And she's been great as a client. I love the conversations. The people in season one were amazing. And it's just like so raw and human that I didn't know anything about her. But I just love what she does. Is I think she's really there to help. And of course, she runs a business. and. I think season one for her kids in the future is going to be gold. So cool. So cool. Yeah, because what I loved about her approach is that she didn't start the show to just like talk to other influencer friends. She started the show to like record episodes with her family, like with her dad and with her brother-in-law and her husband. And the episode where her and Mark are like buzzed (laughs) and they're just like, they came on from a party and they'd had a couple glasses of wine and they started telling all these stories. And he's like, really? You're going to share that one? And she's like, yeah, the people have to know. And he's like, okay. It was so funny. I listened to it. I had my headphones on. It's like walking through Target with my iced coffee. And I was like, this is hilarious. And I was like, oh, I forgot that we worked on this. <laughs> I had so much fun editing some of those episodes because I was like, oh, Jesus, I don't know if I could do this. <laughs> <laughs> and also like I took notes of one of the sentences that her father said. And I was like, oh my God, I need to stop and like take some notes right away. Yeah. He was so sweet. So sweet. And this is what I kind of was coaching Erica through as well. Is like, because she's a lifestyle influencer, I was like, think about creating almost like a journal, like a time capsule of where you're at. Talk about the things that people always ask you for, like an encyclopedia, right? So that the next time you get a DM that says, how did you get started as an influencer? You can just send them the podcast. I was like, that's what I do. And it saves me so much time. I was like, it's wonderful. But also because she is interviewing her family, I was like, how beautiful to like capture these. And even if no one listens, what a beautiful way to kind of take what it is that you care about and memorialize it in a way, like give it some structure. And I think her personality comes through so naturally. And that was a big deal with like a lot of the social graphics and the podcast cover. You know, I kind of love this idea of if you were browsing for new podcasts to listen to and everyone has their headshot, 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 headshot. And then it's like Erica with like her feet up in the air and a glass of wine. I was like, it makes it look like you fell over. (laughs) Did you see her stories the other day? Someone asked her if it was true or false and she shared like the real picture of it. I think everything like came out really nicely put together. And the fact that she's always talking about her family and like showing everything, like people love her family. And that's why she wanted to like share because it was as well like a few friends or like sister-in-law, whatever. Yeah. 
but they have also like so many things to offer. Like they've helped the community and people that follow her really love as well her family. So I think they were like great conversations to begin with. Talk to me about the theme song in the intro. Oh my gosh. I know it's one of your favorites. <laughs> yeah, I have so much fun. It's one of my favorite parts actually from a launch to create the intro, outro and trailer and like to play out with the music. Because sometimes, not sometimes, like almost all the time, you get like a two minute song and then you have to like to cut it and to find a place to start like with the voice and then to end it. And sometimes I need to cut it in between and I'll like mishmash it together or like add a few parts in here because it doesn't go well for like the trailer. And I love that part of the process. Like it's my brain working. <laughs> of course, I'm not like an audio engineer, but I think whenever you have a spell, like I do my best and I think no one have ever noticed when I have made a cut in a song. And I always cut them at some point. <laughs> yeah, and I think it goes to, it's so interesting when you talk about like the sound mixing and what a theme song should sound like, because I can picture it right away if you took any of my brand design projects and showed me a logo and you're like, what does this logo sound like? I can tell you because I just like, that's how my brain works. I think it's called synesthesia. This is like a condition that people have. I would need that. You need that? Yeah, I need to get better at that. You need to get contagious synesthesia. Yeah, but I think it's because of my background with like art history and design. I understand how like colors and fonts and everything like that what kind of era they're pulling from. And I think when we talk to Erica and she says, I'm authentic, I'm real, I'm down to earth. I love country music and Celine Dion and I'm a little bit messy and like things don't have to be perfect. I was like, oh, I know what this sounds like. And so it has this like like good guitar sounding, a little Western, a little bit kind of just like rough and tumble. And that's perfect for her. It is a great song, actually. And with a little... Bite songs that we included from the breaking glass or like the brewing wine. Glug, 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 glug. Yeah, where it's like sounds like you're cracking open a bottle of wine and pouring it because we were thinking also, like, when is the listener listening to this? So these are mostly moms, and we could literally take our demographics from Instagram and TikTok already. They're moms, they're in their 30s, they love to drink wine, they love to giggle with their girlfriends. So we wanted to make a show that you could listen to when you're cooking dinner. You know what I mean? It's not highly educational where you have to take a million notes. It's not super complex and heady, but it's just kind of like real life conversations that you could kind of have on in the background, just like when my mom used to watch Oprah growing up. You know what I mean? Where it's like kind of this, it has this like levity to it where it becomes part of your routine. And I think that adding those sound effects really kind of made that feel immersive. And I'm always, always, always trying to build like an immersive brand that you could live in the whiskey and lace universe. And this is what it would look like. Mm -hmm. Okay. Talk to me then the other one we have with the blinks. Also fun. Also fun with sound effects. Talk to me about what were your first impressions of that project? Oh, the first impression were like, oh my gosh, if I ever have kids, I want to travel like they do. That's what I thought. Same. Yeah. Cause like we love traveling. We were digital nomads since I opened my business. I stopped traveling and I'm like, how do they do that? I cannot even see myself traveling as much now, even though I have my business because I have like so many things going on. And I'm not even a mom yet. They have three kids. It's like I was editing today the next episode. It's about their trip in Asia. 
three months in Asia and like everything they went through and they were talking about Bali and I, I could picture every place they were in Bali and like, oh my gosh, I was just like so getting into the vibe. Like I'm like watching a movie right now. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. They're the perfect candidate for a podcast because you could say that story on Instagram, but like the lifespan on social media for something like that is so short versus a whole podcast episode dedicated to like everything that went wrong in Southeast Asia is such a good idea. Yeah, like don't do it again. Like they got sick, they got things with visas. So now I've learned a lot. If I want to go to Vietnam, even though it's a solo traveler, whatever, and if I ever get sick in Bali, I've been to Bali twice and I've never gotten sick, but who knows? Then I know I have to go to the doctor right away. I won't wait. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I don't know how many days, poor them, that they had to go with that. And the other day I saw on Diana's story, somebody made a comment on a post saying like, I thought I didn't have anything to learn from you because I've been following you for a while and I'm a mom and I have kids and I travel. And I was wrong. I can tell you, I learned a lot from this episode. I don't remember which episode was. That made me really happy. And Diana, of course. Same. But yeah, I think it's great because they got really deep into their journey and they give you all the details. And sometimes you might think, okay, I don't really need to know all of this. But maybe you do. <laughs> like the good and the bad, right? Exactly. And I think that the title makes so much sense, like unpacked with the blanks, because they're unpacking, like it's kind of the what you didn't see behind the Instagram post. Because it's really easy to be disillusioned by seeing things on social media, especially travel content that isn't really giving the whole picture. And like, we know this because this is what we did when we travel. Like, of course, you're going to post a picture with an elephant. You're not going to post a picture when you get stuck in customs for four and a half hours. You know what I mean? That's just not Instagram content. Yeah, they didn't even have time to do that. And I think it was episode one or two that they are not rich. And that's something that really stood out. Like they're travel rich. And people need to know that, that whenever you see this family traveling, like all these nice photos on Instagram, like, no, they really work out to get those girls out into the world. And like they manage like homeschooling. And like so many things and they are not coming from like, I don't know, thousands of things. And many of those travels are not sponsored by any brand. So you can learn a lot. And as well, as I said, I'm not a mom yet, but I've learned just like, you know, changing your perspective on your mind saying like, you can do this, like they can do it. And of course they're getting paid from several brands because they are now influencers, but many of those trips are just coming from their pocket. Yeah, it's super aspirational. I think it's so important to travel, obviously, I think that. And it's so important to expose young people and kids to other cultures and other people and other ways of doing things. What do you think their kids are going to be when they get older? I mean, with all of these experiences. They're going to be the coolest kids. Are you joking? They're going to be like, oh, when I was the year that I lived in Portugal, you're like, are you kidding me? Like, this is amazing. Because they have already experienced so many cultures already, heard so many languages, especially for you Americans. I'm sorry, but... I know. Yeah, no, roast us. <laughs> we deserve to be roasted. Yeah, absolutely. And they're so young. They've traveled to more countries than I have, I think. And I would love to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like it's super aspirational because I think also they are actively parenting their kids the way that they want the world to be. And I believe this. And I think this is why I'm so aligned with their project is like, 
I feel like I'm very, very lucky and very privileged that my parents valued travel so much when you were young. We did a lot of travel within the US. And then when I was in high school, we went to Europe the first time and I was obsessed with Italy. Could not stop talking about Italy. That was the only thing I cared about. But then once I started traveling more, I was like, wait, I want to go see new places and new things and new people. And then once I started my business, I was like, because it makes me better at my job. I'm better at my job having traveled to other places and seeing new ways of doing things or seeing signage or menu design or talking to people where now with thanks to the internet and COVID, like you're in Spain, I'm in California, we can work together and do business together. That's amazing. That didn't exist 25 years ago. Like we're in a really incredible time to expand your horizons, like beyond just your neighborhood or your hometown or your state and like really get, like learn from each other. And I think podcasting does that too, right? Yeah, of course, because now you can have all of these great conversations with you talk to people from Sweden and I don't know, Christian, where is he from? He was in Istanbul. Okay. So yeah, you get to have all of these conversations that otherwise you could not have at all. And with video, good quality. Now with this app that we are trying, that is, seems great. And all good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's all right. You're festive mode. You're ready to party. Oh my God. It's 7 p.m. my time. Sorry. My brain is a bit. <laughs> You're brain dead. It's fine. No. And you got me in the morning. So I definitely get the better end of the deal in our meeting conversations. But I think we can kind of end with what makes you excited about podcasting? What do you think some of the trends in podcasting or your things that you're paying attention to for the new year? And then how can people work with you? Well, I think video, of course, we now need more video than before. But that doesn't mean, in my opinion, that we need to, everyone do like video podcasting. Podcasting is still audio. So if you don't want to go on video, you don't need to. But my recommendation at least would be to record yourself so you can get those snippets and clips for social media. So you have that in video. Because of course, we were doing audiograms before and now we are like more changing gears into video clips because, you know, retention rate. So if you don't want to record yourself in video, maybe you can even just record just a snippet of something you've said or like re-record for that clip. And then you have like the video portion that is going to help you a lot more. And use apps like we are doing. Now you have a Squadcast. We are trying it out for the first time. They've partnered with Descript. And Descript is an editing tool that you edit with, if you don't know Descript, with text. And they are becoming big as well. Because I've learned about Descript a long time ago. And for me, it wasn't really user-friendly to use. But I think now they've improved a lot as well their interface. We'll check now that we have it. And something that we talked about in the episode with Amber Biglow, a creative co. She just launched her own podcast as well. I love all the Ambers we've talked to. All the Ambers are great. I think there's like four. But Amber Biglow, she was really explaining to me like about all of the content upcycling opportunities. So the thing that we touched on in the episode with her, I forget what number it is, but it's only a few back, is that as a business owner and as a content creator, you want like a meta piece of content, like one huge long form piece of content, because then with all these tools now, you can make your entire marketing calendar out of one piece of content. Mm -hmm. Like you can pull things out as video clips, you can pull out sayings as quote cards, you can, you know, take the transcript and turn it into a blog, you can write threads and tweets and everything like there's so many different ways to an email copy website copy 
to take one idea and turn it into a hundred ideas that didn't used to exist. That used to take a lot of time to do. And now it's like a couple clicks. And that's amazing. Yeah. I used to have, because she's not my client anymore, but I used to have a client in the marketing field. And she's a specialist on Instagram. And she started a podcast just because Instagram doesn't allow you to have like, we all know Instagram, right? Long video. Long video, long anything, right? And it disappears. The content disappears really fast. So she started a podcast. It was like 15 minutes, 20 minutes episodes, mostly solo cast. And then she was using that as like the main, you know. Impressive. <laughs> the top. And then. Meta content. Yeah. We were extracting, we were doing blogs. We were getting like the transcript, editing that as a blog and then the clips. And then I was getting like some ideas for her. Like instead of giving her a graphic with a quote, I was giving her like a couple of ideas and then she could like create the content out of those ideas. Say, okay, I'm just going to make a reel out of this. I'm going to make a carousel. But she didn't have to go back and listen to it to get those ideas. I was giving that to her. And her podcast really, I don't know, I think it's been like, Yeah, one of the best podcasts I've had so far because, I mean, her content was really great, straight to the point, short and sweet. And when you think about that, her business is about marketing on Instagram, but Instagram doesn't allow you to do what podcast does. And it's going to live there forever (laughs) unless you take it down. Mm -hmm. True. Oh, such good stuff. Okay, so if someone is thinking about maybe they want to start a podcast in 2024 and they want to work with you, what would be their next steps? Their next steps would be just to reach out on Instagram or they'll have my contact information in the show notes. They can book a discovery call through my website. And the ways to work with me would be to launch a podcast with me or to launch a podcast with us. Definitely. For everybody, can you... Tell them how to access the show notes because I don't think people know where the show notes are actually are. Really? Where do the show notes go? Yes. I feel like people have this question. Oh. Like when we say show notes, they're like, okay, where do you find show notes? Well, show notes might be easier to say description, but it depends if you're on your phone on your laptop, right? If you're using Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or another app, but usually when you click on the title of the episode, then you will see another screen and there you have like a text with a summary of the episode, like key points that we talked about, and then links if we uh, mention any resource or like contact guests, like all the information is going to be there for you in case you are driving and Michelle recommends a book and then you don't need to stop. You can go there to the show notes and get the link. So yeah, basically it's just clicking on the title. I'm guessing I use mainly Apple Podcasts, but it has to be the same everywhere. It's the same on Spotify. It's also, we have the podcast go through to my website as well. So if you're ever trying to find those resources again, and you go to the website, you go to the podcast tab, the show notes will be in each entry for each podcast as well. I'm glad that we said that because I think people don't know that. This will be a good clip for social media. (laughs) (laughs) Josefina, listen to it. (laughs) Yeah, Josefina, ding, ding. I need, you know what I need? I need a little bell. I need a tiny little desk bell that every time we say something that's a good clip, I go ding. And that she knows, I bet you that's in Squadcast. I wonder if they have some kind of like emoji marker. So like if we talk about something amazing, I could just like hit the space bar and it would like leave a little flag. Well, you know what you could do as well that I was recommending this to another client in the past when she was recording herself on video. And then whenever she needed to restart the sentence, she was just like clapping. 
Oh, to leave the... And leaving like maybe a couple of seconds of silence. So then you have that peak in the audio that you can see right away if you leave that like that clip. So it could be... But yeah, like the bell could do the same thing. But if you don't have the bell now, you can maybe start clapping. I know. I want like a cowbell, like a ding, ding, ding. Every time we say something really good, I'm going to get one. I'm going to get one because that's just a funny sound effect. And then Josephina will know that that's what I want clipped for social. I think this is a great idea. Okay. Cool. Well, we're going to go old school. I can picture you like during a call with somebody during an interview. <laughs> I call all the time. Uh-huh. Shaking the bell. Be like, this is a great idea. Well, thanks so much, Berta. And thanks everybody for listening. I can't believe we made it to episode 150. I'm so proud. Here's to 150 more. I'm so proud of you. Oh, thank you. It's been a journey, but I think we're all in a really good place about it. So I'm stoked. Yeah. Well, thanks to Cody as well, because Cody yeah. takes a lot of what wasn't really working yes. between us, that it wasn't really working is that I couldn't do what Cody's doing, right? Like she's doing other things in your business that you don't love. And having the administrative workflows where people can book, find time on their calendar, submit their information to you. Like we can get the guest graphics. Like that whole process got so cleared up once Cody came on. So shout out to Cody. Yeah, I'm stopping the intros. Yes, also. Stopping doing the intros and now that we are doing the titles and I don't think we have any frictions. Agree, agree. <laughs> We're learning so much about each other. Because I need you only to show up and record. Yes. And that's it. And that's the dream. Show up, record, and just talk your little ass off. That's what I can do. Cool. Well, thank you so much and we'll catch you next time, guys. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us for the Kiss My Aesthetic podcast. Don't forget to follow along and leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We'll see you in the Kiss My Aesthetic Facebook group for years and years of behind the scenes content and over 5,000 connections with fellow creatives. For show notes from today's episode, please visit mkwcreative.co slash podcast. This episode was edited by Berta Wired and theme music comes from Eliza Vera and Nathan Menard. Catch you next time.